Well, Joe Biden, the new president, was apparently a bit miffed um, when the powers that be at Twitter announced he would have to start from scratch with his Twitter followers. He wouldn't be inheriting all the followers from President Trump's presidential Twitter account. Of course, the president or the former president has his own issues on the Twitter front at the moment. And our tech expert, Paul Stenhouse, (laughs) is with us for the first time this year. Happy New Year, Paul. Happy New Year. A lot changed since we last talked. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot that has happened in uh, your neck of the woods in the US over the last couple of months. Is there, um, how are things in New York at the moment? Is there, I know that you're in sort of a bit of a liberal bubble over there, but is there a a sense of relief at the the mundanity of the last couple of days? Oh, isn't it nice? It's so boring. I love it. It's just, you don't wake up. Like, there was a time when President Trump first came into office that I got all of his tweets as push alerts because they were all so crazy and yeah. then I just realized I couldn't do this to myself. Yeah. And it's funny, I think the the collective feeling has been that you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Right. That it's all just not going to go absolutely pear shaped. Yeah. I mean it did go absolutely pear shaped, but it didn't get even more pear shaped. Yeah. I mean it's crazy to think how it could have gone worse. It's, but it is it is a nice it is a nice time to just relax. So so just talk us, let, talk us through Paul. Oh sorry, talk us through what this actually means. This Twitter stuff though means for the for the new administration. I mean, their Twitter account, like everything else, is probably going to be a lot more boring than Trump's was. Oh, it's totally boring. That's the thing. There's there's you know the words are spelled correctly and there's grammar and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's yeah, it's like you almost don't want to follow it. But what typically happened? I mean, Obama was you know the first big uh, U.S. president on Twitter, right? I don't even think it was around much before yeah. that. Um, and so he kind of built up this POTUS account, President of the United States, the official government handle, if you will. And then when Trump came along, they just handed over all of those followers to him. So it was kind of just expected that you got that, right? It's kind of like you get yeah. the mailing list, you get the client list. It's just there you go. But what they decided to do was they changed things up and they said, no, actually, we're going to archive all of the official POTUS tweets um, and give away and basically archive those 33 million followers and give all that away. And then Joe Biden has had to start from scratch. Now, he's doing just fine. He's got a good couple of million followers already on his new account. But it's interesting that they've changed their tactic. I don't know that Joe Biden, I mean, his campaign... His campaign kind of said that they wanted them because it's obviously, you know, 33 million people to communicate to is nice. The official White House account had 26 million. Um, and to start from scratch is obviously, you know, puts you on the back foot slightly. But it's the Trump audience and the Biden audience is probably a very different audience. And maybe that clean yeah. break is actually a really nice thing that you can just yeah. start again and have the people who want to know about what you're talking about actually hear it. Did I tell you that I deleted Twitter off my phone this year? And that I just don't well want to done. have it on my phone anymore. I just it wasn't making my life any better. It was just I was. Just, it was, I just made me sort of angry and annoyed Is at it, random times I mean, you, of the day. You know, you've got it. You've got it slightly different than others though, because you know, random people don't bombard me on Twitter with <laughs> random feedback about things I'm doing, which is nice. Um, but I always say to people when they, you know, when they were first getting into it, that it's all about who you follow. Yeah. So the. How, how interesting it is, is, you know, if you're following interesting people that are within your, you know, Latin dancing community or within the pol- political community, uh, you know, you can get some really good stuff. But if you're, you know, if you're a person who just gets things directed at you, it's it's not a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, President or former President Trump's Facebook ban is now under another review. How does this work? Yeah, so... 
gosh, that what a, what a couple of weeks it's been. Honestly, I think maybe that's why it also just feels like you can breathe out as well yeah. because it's just been like an onslaught of everything. So yeah, so after the insurrection of the capital, what a weird thing to say out loud. Um, Facebook, unlike many other social media platforms, you know, banned Trump and said that he was inciting violence. Now, Facebook has recently set up a thing which they call the Oversight Board. What it's supposed to be, and it's this is really going to be its first big test in many ways, um, is it's sort of like a, an independent third party that they can go to, funded by Facebook, um, that they basically outsource their decisions to. Yeah. Think of it like the Broadcasting Standards Authority in New Zealand, right? It's like if you complain to a broadcaster and they don't take the action you want, then you can appeal. It's kind of like the appeals board, the Supreme Court, I guess, of Facebook, if you will, as well. Yeah. Um, and so this is going to go to them. It's 40 members from around the world. They have got expertise in things like freedom of expression, human rights, constitutional law, even journalism. And they make a binding decision about whatever you're appealing. And so Facebook actually sent that decision over to the oversight board without Trump needing to ask for it mm. because they want to make sure that they have made the right decision. Mm. Because mm. obviously this could have far-reaching consequences. Um, what does it mean to incite violence is a great thing that I'm sure they're going to try to define. Um, and how do you handle... Um, atrocities yeah. that you know one views one views as an atrocity and another one doesn't and i'm thinking of things like china right yeah. um and human rights issues around the world yeah. so um it's going to be a really big test for them because they really do have their say and facebook will have to abide by it yeah